press record. All right, Mr. Kyle Porter, welcome to the show. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, shoot from the hip. I, I got to admit, oh, a little nervous after <laughs> following some uh, some big names on the list there I was listening to. So Big names uh, only. We started off with a heavy. Yeah, let's see if I can, <laughs> see if I can keep up with these guys. <laughs> Well, Patrick did an hour and 52 minutes, so he's got the record. <laughs> uh, he likes to chat. He, I, yeah, he surprised I me. I listened to that whole thing, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a few people say, like, you got to keep it under an hour if you actually want me to listen. So, okay, I'll, that's, the, that's the cap for right now. All right. All right. Let's do this. But, dude, let's get right into uh, some audio for you. I want to play you some audio and see, see your reaction. So I'm just going to play this. Oh man, that was a good time. So what's your reaction? That was a good time, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, that was Edwin's walk off in the 2016 wild card game. Yeah, it's yeah, you got a good memory, man. That was October 4th, 2016. <laughs> Oh yeah, so four I years guess, ago. Yeah, um, I'm flies, dude. <laughs> but that, that was really funny because you and I were at that game. Um, unbeknownst to me, you were at that game. I was there with uh, your first guest there, Cards, and we were sitting up in the 500s. And I think you had texted him, or we had bumped into each other because you had bought a uh, a single seat in like <laughs> the backest of back rows <laughs> in the 500 level uh and yeah that was um that was a wild game man like stroman just absolutely dealt for i can't remember how many innings but uh i remember it was in extra innings and there was a runner on third base and edwin came up i can't remember what happened up until that point but i remember ibaldo jimenez was pitching because we were all thanking the stars that uh, they didn't go to Zach Britton, who was just lights out, throwing a bowling ball, 97 mile an hour sinker. <laughs> that is just not fair, to be honest. Like you should not be able to have that much movement and throw that hard. Um, and fuck yeah, like I just I don't really remember what happened. We just saw the ball leave his bat, and we knew it was deep enough for a sack fly to win the game. And then it just left, and it got like. As soon as he hit it, you could hear in the auto clip that everyone started going nuts. And then it got to a certain point when people realized the ball was actually leaving the yard. And it just got <laughs> even more loud. It was wild, man. It was wild. wild. It was wild. You, you actually remember a lot of details. I don't really remember too many, but I just remember, yeah, the crack of the bat. And then it just kind of flying, flying over. Obviously, we had some pretty, we had a pretty good view. Well, we had like, it wasn't like, a great view because we get to see a ball go straight <laughs> obviously <laughs> if you're at the bottom level you can kind of see it go up and then down but yeah that was a pretty sweet moment and then like the celebrations kind of lasted like for a long time and then yeah lasted into the streets as they're walking out of the stadium and then yeah that was that was, that was uh, yeah that was a lot of fun and i remember like I remember after the home run hit, like cards and I were jumping around and celebrating, and then we turned around, and here comes Mr. Kozak down 15 rows of <laughs> stairs, just like <laughs> beelining it for us. And we we left the building, and yeah, that whole walk. I think we were both heading back to the um, to the train station at that point, 
Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, well, I think I, I think I drove down, but because yeah. I was coming from Barry, so I couldn't I couldn't have uh, taken the train. Yeah, so yeah, that's true. It was uh, we were going at we were Maple Leaf Square though, and we were just yeah. like we yeah, were selling pretty hard. It was, <laughs> cops were stopping traffic, and then like everybody was like high five in the cops as we were walking by. Yeah, and it was I remember. One of those yeah, I remember for some reason I remember very vividly we were walking past the parking garage. And this guy had pulled out in his Lamborghini and he was sitting there with the top down in his like gray matte Lambo just chilling there with these like hordes of people walking by him and he could, you couldn't go anywhere. So he just started like revving his engine and like showing off a little bit and people were like tapping the car and he's like, don't touch the fucking car. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's a bad time to bring out the Lambo. I guess he probably, maybe he knew about it and he's trying to get out early, but the crowds would not let him i don't remember that part man but that's funny i just remember just yelling and just being crazy with everyone that was a pretty good moment that was definitely the best moment i've ever seen as far as like toronto sports goes i know there was like you know the raps won last year and there was um the argos won when we were kids i guess and uh tfc won and then there's been some good moments like batista's home run and that kind of thing but so i actually didn't get to experience the raptors uh, championship because uh, Liv and I, my wife, um, were on our honeymoon in Greece when they actually won the whole thing. So we were there for Kawhi's shot to win it. Yeah. Um, and that was pretty wild. Uh, we got to watch that on TV. But yeah, we we tried to get up and stream the game. I think it was on at like 3 a.m. Greece time or Athens. Oh, I forget where we were at the time, but that's tough. Yeah, it just it didn't work. <laughs> so that was unfortunate that we had to come back uh, and miss that whole thing. But it was it was still pretty cool. Like we were living downtown at the time when when they won, and like the city was just like oh. such a such a buzz, man. It was crazy. We I remember when Kawhi hit the shot, um, and like it was just like everyone in our area was all watching the same game at the same time yeah. because there was just like, like we had the window open cause it was summer and you could just hear this collective like scream from <laughs> like seven different apartment buildings all around us. It was pretty wild. It was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. We, well, there was huge crowds uh, down at Maple Leaf square, me and Will and Thomas and Will's girlfriend went to a game just to watch outside on the big screens. And they actually had to have like four big screens throughout the whole entire street. Actually the same street we walked down for the Jays Yeah, and everybody was there. It was hard to even get a seat. Like I was like under a tree and like trying to, st- you know, like thankfully I'm not too short. I can actually see, but we watched, we watched the, the game when they had a chance to, I think he was game six. And uh, they didn't quite make it. I think uh, I think Lowry had a shot to win it, but he didn't. But uh, you could be making this whole thing up, and I just be like, yeah, sure, no problem. And I saw the box scores at the end of the morning when we woke up, like the next day. Well, well, I was actually working when they when when the Raptors actually won. So I was in a restaurant. So. Yeah, they won the game, and then we just—I was working, and then kind of like had one eye on the game, and then once they actually won, we just all had champagne and toasted, and that was okay. But yeah. the mayhem that ensued downtown—I was—I was like made for that kind of night, man. I'm so pissed <laughs> I couldn't go, but 
the thing is one like after a couple hours or yeah whenever my shift ended i couldn't like the highways were blocked people were like walking along on the highways like you, you couldn't really just drive your car down there so that's sick man yeah but, great content eh for your listeners just two guys reliving a story when neither <laughs> of them were there <laughs> <laughs> well dude like for for guys like us who obviously were were like you're a leaf fan right so we have we've had pretty much nothing to cheer about for our, our entire lives <laughs> And then, so it's cool to see actually Toronto sports teams actually do some damage. And yeah, so you want to you want to go through and relive all the pain of being a Maple <laughs> fan? <laughs> I think I'll definitely be able to break Patrick's <laughs> record for an hour and fifty two minutes reliving all that shit. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. No, no, we can skip that, dude. All right, yeah, probably that. for the best. We'll just we'll leave it at Awesome Matthews is greatest player ever and ever will be. <laughs> He's going to score 65 whenever the fuck they <laughs> figure out when hockey's coming back. Yeah, I think they said January 15th, but... Yeah, uh, I saw that today. I, I'm not I'm not holding out much hope, man. Like, the NHL is just so good at doing this. They're just... They give you a little nugget of information, and then <laughs> that kind of gives you a little hope. And then you wait, like, another week, and then here's a little tidbit. Oh, you know, maybe, maybe if you're lucky, we'll get there. And then... Yeah, they just they keep dangling this, but at the end of the day, if the owners don't get what they want, they're just gonna tell the players to go fuck themselves. And it's unfortunate <laughs> because you know, like I I've had this conversation with a bunch of friends and just like you look at the NBA and how they said, No, we're gonna get ready for Christmas, we're gonna be ready to go. And they figured it out and like training camps open up soon and you know the the preseason schedule is coming out and they're going to be able to kick off a 72 game season but you know the NHL has a bigger problem where you know if if they're not allowing the Canadians into the U.S. and vice versa which it doesn't seem like it's going to happen because Trudeau wouldn't make an exception for the Blue Jays or the Raptors. So why would he do that for seven Canadian teams? Like that's just not happening. So the NHL, it's not possible for them to find seven homes for relocated Canadian teams to do what they need to do. So if they do the Canadian division, it's cool. I mean, at this point, I'm yeah. a huge, huge fantasy hockey guy. So just give me any hockey. <laughs> something that we can do a draft. We can bet on something, anything. Yeah, it'd be cool to see a Canadian division. Like, I love to see, like, Toronto-Montreal a couple more times a year. Same with, like, you know, Toronto-Winnipeg, Toronto-Vancouver, Calgary-Vancouver more. That'd be kind of cool to see. Um, but I guess For it sure. would get a little bit boring after a while. I don't know. I haven't really thought about it in the, in the hockey department too much. But See, I've kind of – I've, I've – bounced back and forth between yeah this would be kind of cool and it might get a little stale playing the same <laughs> what is it same six teams like or like it could be 50. it could be wild right it could be like the rivalries might increase tenfold you know like yeah the Habs should be deep like all teams should be pretty decent this year so yeah i think be, the, uh, only, the only teams that would be right at the bottom would probably be ottawa because yeah. they just suck, but Eugene Melnick <laughs> doesn't deserve to have him. <laughs> so it's good on him. But I mean, like it would be great to get the Battle of Ontario back again. Because I mean, you remember those playoff series and Leafs, Leafs Sens, 
in the early oh, yeah. 2000s. Sens always had like the better team on paper, but they would just, we would always crush them first round or so. That'd be sweet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Like um, Cersei Tucker and Shane Corson and Tyler yeah. Gomi going after Chris Neal and like <laughs> all those guys. Man, those, those games were so much fun. Like if you ever go back and you watch an NHL game in the early 2000s, it's like a completely different sport, man. Like these guys are just beating the shit out of each other. Like you look at the battles in front of the net and these guys are literally breaking sticks over guys' backs <laughs> and the goalies are hacking at their legs. And it was just, it was a complete yeah. war. When I was, was a kid, yeah. yeah, no, when I was a kid watching hockey, there was always be like a scrum after the play. Like if you just shot it on net and the goalie, whatever, uh, iced it or, uh, like there'd always be some sort of fighting between the defense and the forwards. And then now it's just, you just don't see that anymore. It's just the feistiness is kind of gone. Well, the Sens have a good player. They have uh Kachuk and Calgary has Kachuk and those guys kind of do it a little bit, but uh, you don't see yeah. it too much anymore. Unfortunately, uh, but yeah, I know it's, it's, uh, I mean, look, like just because it's a completely different game doesn't mean that it's not interesting. Right. Like it's just, yeah, it is a different game, but it's still fun. Like the skill that these guys have on a nightly basis and the stuff that they pull, like it's still fun. And I mean, in the playoffs, you still get like that, you know, the tussles and the scrums after the whistle. And, you know, you get the occasional guy dropping the mitts and stuff, but yeah, it's, it's a different game, but I still, out of all the big four sports, I still think hockey has the best product. They just, they have the worst marketing out of all <laughs> the sports. Like the NFL doesn't have to do anything because they're they it's like a religion it. down there. Like oh. yeah, people just love it. Man, they own a day of the week. Like they own a day of the week. Yeah, and they get they they sell out every game, even like yeah. on a shitty uh, franchise. Yeah, baseball has that nostalgia thing, but they gotta they gotta figure it out. Like they're. Their product is baseball lost the worst. They lost a shitload of money this year because they didn't oh, even yeah. have a season. Really, they had a partial season, but it was it was shortened, and no one, no one really paid attention to it because <laughs> there was the playoffs going on for basketball and hockey. So yeah. I didn't watch. To be honest, I didn't watch an inning this year for baseball. I just didn't. Yeah, I. <laughs> the funny thing is, I didn't even watch any of the Jays' playoff series. <laughs> it was just... I think I might have watched a little bit, but they played against the Rays, right? And then the Rays were yeah. just... They, yeah, it was a three-game series, so... Yeah. No, it's it's tough. Like, I mean, for me, I'm I'm an old-school baseball guy. Like, I, I enjoy, like... Yeah, you know. The yeah. pitching matchups and the sacrifices and the small things to win <laughs> baseball games. And so having baseball become this analytical thing and you know they're teaching all these kids about launch angles and and like exit velocity and stuff like that and you know it's it's trending the way it is like you know you're gonna like you look at all the old school records like nolan ryan's records for strikeouts and complete games and no hitters like those are never going to be broken because you just you have these coaches and these managers that are, like you look at um, Kevin Cash in the World Series, right? Like Blake Snell cruising, just absolutely cruising along. Took they him out, right? Yeah, and they took him out. And then? And the floodgates opened and they wound up losing in game six of the World Series. 
Yeah, I remember there's a big controversy over that. It's like, geez, he's cruising, but yeah, the complete games are such a rarity in the in MLB now. It's it's too bad because you know myself being a pitcher growing up, like when I started a game, like that was my game. You gave me the ball to start the game, like. I hated being pulled. I could be getting lit up for 15 <laughs> runs in three innings and it doesn't matter. You come out to get me and I'm still going to mutter <laughs> under my breath after you pulled me. Like that's just how I am. And that's <laughs> how I grew up playing the ball game. Right. So, you know, I, I'm, I am trying hard to stay up to date with baseball and like continue to watch and, and support the sport because it is a great sport at the end of the day, but it's just getting harder and harder each year, man. Like you see things, and you're just, it just makes you irrationally mad. <laughs> like, you know, you see a guy, I remember like our baseball team uh, has a group chat that was going on. And so when that whole Kevin Cash, Blake Snell thing happened, it was, uh, it was just, it was going off. And so first pitch or second pitch was a pass ball and allowed the guys to move around. I think they went from first to second or second to third and put them in the scoring position. And my response was just good. Like <laughs> you took this guy out that was cruising along <laughs> and you just like the next guy that comes in, like if I'm Blake Snell, like I'm going to, I'm, yeah, I give him credit, man. Like, Cause I would have got up on the mic after the press conference at the end of the game and just been like, yeah, that was a terrible decision. And I'm sure glad we lost. Oh. <laughs> Sewer the manager there, yeah. yeah you're not coming back after that. <laughs> one of you go, one of you guys is getting getting uh tossed, yeah, next year. But uh, it's a tough move. It's the way I see sports in general, and the way people like pick out decisions from coaches or whatever is that if it works out, great guy's a genius, brilliant manager, doesn't work out, shitty guy, he needs to get fired, trade or you know, fire him, trade him, whatever it is. Yeah. So I don't I, I don't know that actually particular I know it was a big controversy. A lot of people like gave him gave the manager shit for that. So like across all sports too, they're like, I can't believe that happened. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, if he works you know, out, he's a he's a genius, he saves his arm, whatever yeah. for the next game. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, like that's the thing, right? Like it's a you there's two ways to look at it. It's a no win situation or it's a like it's a no lose situation. <laughs> Like it's really easy to jump on a guy that made a difficult decision that didn't work out and just be like, yeah, you made yeah. the wrong call. And it's like, so yeah, easy well, no shit. yeah. <laughs> but you know, if, if I forget who it was, I think his name was Anderson. If he comes in after and shuts the door and they wound up and they wind up winning and then winning the world series, like it's really easy to come back and be like, Oh, that was a genius move by, by Kevin yeah. Cash. A bold gutsy move. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's got the stones. He's got the stones to make that move. <laughs> That's why they pay him the big bucks in the major. Let's give him a, an extension. All that <laughs> shit. But um, so, dude, I'm actually curious because we, I don't really know too much about your own baseball career. I know you played at university, right? I did. I played for, uh, so I went to the Canadian route. I played uh, four years at Brock uh, for the Badgers. Um, and yeah, man, that was. Uh, that was a great time because Canadian university baseball is starting to get a lot better. Um, you know, it's a lot of guys that went down to the States and played Juco or four-year school ball and realized
realized that the education they were getting was just not what they wanted or you know it, it was just too expensive you know you hear a lot of guys that say oh yeah we i went down on a scholarship to xyz university or xyz you know juco but yeah. you know that could be a 10 percent scholarship like they gave you yeah bus, they gave you a bus ticket down there and that's <laughs> it um so it's starting to get a lot better. And I think a lot of good players are starting to realize that, you know what, the Canadian education system is a lot better and the Canadian universities are a lot better and being able to stay home and not spend a fortune to go down there is probably a good move. So it is getting a lot better. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun, man. Uh, the season ran from uh, late August to about Thanksgiving, early November, I think. Um, and we had provincial championships. We went to national championships. Um, the only thing that sucked is there were some cold nights. I remember going late November, cold. you said, Oh yeah, man. So like, like right now, well, I guess now you'd be in pretty much done, I guess. Or you're, yeah, they, they would have been wrapped up. Yeah. Yeah. They would have been wound up. Yeah. It's cold at nighttime. It's freezing. <laughs> Dude, it's I remember, shit. I remember one night. I think it was either my first or second year we were playing Guelph University in Guelph and they played out of the inter-county team's ballpark there and our change room I kid you not like our locker room with air quotes um, was the public men's washroom for, <laughs> for the stadium Sweet. and they just like shoved us in there and we're like yeah go ahead get changed and it was probably three maybe four degrees that night and we were all just so <laughs> bundled up like it was just so miserable and cold that guys were literally like taking swings and missing so that we could just get back on the bus <laughs> and go home <laughs> it was just so Fuck. cold uh but yeah brock was um brock's a good school man we uh we had some good times there Good school for baseball, I guess. Oh, the way I would see it is that if if you're a pitcher, it's all about throwing throwing hard. Like if you're like a 94 mile per hour thrower, like you're gonna get some attention from I don't know, maybe like a minor league team. I don't know exactly how it works, but I'm sure if you light it up in Canada, like scouts will see you and notice you, and maybe they'll take a look at you or give you an opportunity or a chance, and maybe you could work something out there. Like same thing if you're a hitter, if you're just like smoking bombs all the time, and even if it's just Canada, it's still something. So people look at it and go okay maybe we'll give them a shot somewhere or if you know yeah i mean there's it's the old adage that if you're good people will find you and you know we had i played with a guy at brock um that actually wound up getting drafted right out of brock university there which is kind of funny um, <laughs> <laughs> so his name is sean valeria great guy um one of the best pure hitters that i've ever played with um, and he, I think for the season that year, he must have hit close to six, seven hundred. Like That's it was insane. Just, wow. Yeah, man. Like I, we, I remember our homecoming game. Uh, so I was pitching, and he was hitting, and it was bases loaded, and we were up one, and he hit a grand slam to just bust it wide open. So anyways, the park that we play at in St. Catharines and people from that area will know uh, Merritt, Merritt, Merrittville. I don't know. Anyways, that's another story. Shout out to fans in St. Catharines on the, on the podcast. 
<laughs> so it's this little I know that field. <laughs> yeah. I, I see the thing is I can't even remember what it's called because it's literally changed names three times since I've been there. Uh, you, I think it's called George Taylor Field now. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but it's it's a decent sized park. Like the one of the minor league teams for the Jays used to play out of there like Sweet. years and years and years ago. So it's it's like a pro dimension field. And behind the left field fence, there's a soccer field. And behind that was a hockey arena and a, a small little like softball kids baseball diamond. So in the parking lot of the arena <laughs> was like this fair. And so every year around the same time, I think it's like early September, it seems like Merrittville has this parade and a carnival. And so I remember Sean Valeriot hit a ball that went over the fence and went like halfway into the soccer field and rolled basically into the parking lot. I was wild. Like this, it was just a fucking bomb. And yeah, he's just, he had power and he could just spray the ball all over the field. Um, great guy too. And yeah, so he went, got drafted, played for their, uh, the Jays by the Blue Jays. He got drafted by the Blue Jays, went and played for the Vancouver Canadians for a couple of years. And uh, not quite sure what he's doing now. Kind of lost track of him after that. But uh, yeah, Shout so I mean, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's John, still pretty cool. Yeah, Valerian, if you're listening, give me a call. Love to <laughs> um, get him on the pod next. Talk about that absolutely. that 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 home run, that grand slam. Absolutely. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of funny. Uh, That's yeah, pretty he, crazy. He, I mean, yeah, yeah. Man. I mean, we it's it is kind of. I mean, for a pitcher, like I was never a power guy. Like I never threw overly hard. But yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, the really the big way that you get noticed is you got to go down to either a two-year or four-year school in the states and you gotta in order to get noticed by them you got to throw hard um yeah that's what I'm looking able for, to, right? yeah and it's it's too bad because i mean like i know a lot of guys that were really really good pitchers that didn't necessarily throw overly hard but could locate had really good off speed and could get guys out and i think that's kind of where baseball is also losing me a little bit like you look at um marco estrada that used to pitch for the blue jays oh yeah he was a he was a gem and he didn't throw very hard mid 80s mid 80s yeah yeah. he was one of my favorite guys to watch pitch because he would go out there face these big league hitters that are just like unbelievable hitters and he would just flip his little 88 (laughs) 89 mile an hour fastball in there and just sneak it by guys because he just had an absolutely disgusting changeup, and it was just like whoop here comes my 76 changeup, can't hit it like those are the guys that i miss in the game and i wish there was more guys like that guys that not are not like big strikeout guys and guys that aren't going to light up a radar gun but are going to go out there give you six seven eight quality innings and just get guys out and that just keeps the game moving it keeps things interesting right like yeah the old quote from old old quote from bull durham right it's just strikeouts are fascist right you just go out there throw the ball locate and get some ground <laughs> balls keep your defense interested there we go quote from bull durham in this podcast nice <laughs> nice i love it Susan Sarandon, man. I'm just getting images of her, flashbacks of her in that movie. Damn, that was a, that was a good movie, dude. That's an old school, old school movie. We were watching that, that, was... that on TV as a kid. Yeah. 
oh, such a good movie. But uh, I think that was peak. Uh, what's his name? Tim Robbins. The, yeah, uh, he was in. Uh, well, he was in Shawshank, I guess, too. But he was like a young yeah. lad in that movie, though, right? Kevin. Co- he was probably early twenties in that movie. I don't know. But uh, oh, we're having internet troubles there, Kozak. We're good. We're all right. Okay. You hear me? Yeah, we're back. Yeah, I missed that entire thing, but oh, I just. Uh, Sorry, I'm upstairs, so the internet for some reason doesn't necessarily always come up here the best. Okay, it's all good. No, I can hear you. I think I was just saying like uh, Tim Robbins there. I guess he was a young lad of that of that of that uh, in that movie. Yeah, but he went on to do Shawshank, and he's like you don't really consider him like a big name actor or anything, but he did some pretty good movies. Yeah, Shawshank probably my favorite movie of all time. It's like the like, number one movie of all time on Rotten Potatoes or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hey, now that I'm uh, now that I'm an accountant, gotta love the movies that the accountant wins in the end. <laughs> nice, dude. So, what do you what do you actually do in these days? You're an accountant, and you what is that? Yeah, uh, where... I'm a I'm a CPA. Okay. Fuck, I think our internet connection is a little slow here. All good. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. Um, I'll take the video so, off. Oh, yeah. I'm a CPA. Uh, currently working. All right. Let's do that. See if that helps a little <laughs> bit. And then we won't uh, to see my mug anymore. Right. So, uh, yeah. Sorry. I'm a, I'm a CPA with, uh, with a medium-sized firm in, uh, in Mississauga. Um, working in the audit practice there. have been there for about two years now. Um, wrote uh, wrote my uh, CPA designation exam back in 2017 and uh, recently got accredited back in August. That's so, that's pretty big, right? And in, in the accountant world to get like officially like recognized as your Yeah, so I would say like passing the so the the exam that everybody has to write is now called the common final exam or CP for short. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of like the big, big thing, um, when, uh, when everybody or every year when the results come out, they're kind of published and everybody gets really excited. And I mean, outside of COVID, we usually have a huge, huge party and, you know, go out and firms will spend some, some decent money to rent out some local establishments. Oh. Um, and, you know, we have a, we have a couple of drinks and I know it sounds pretty lame <laughs> to uh, party with a bunch of accountants, but I'm sure, it's, <laughs> I'm sure it's wild. I'm sure. Yeah. So when I was working for a firm downtown, um, they actually rented out the entire uh, real sports grill, bar and grill down there. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, that party got pretty intense um because <laughs> upstairs so <laughs> each, upstairs. each section of the firm had a, yeah each section of the firm had a different allocated area and so we got lucky where our allocated area was right beside the golf simulator that's upstairs sick yeah and so basically it turned into a drunken long drive competition <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I blew up my back trying oh, to and succeeding, succeeding, might I add, to win. Um, so that was uh, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> Up to uh, some shenanigans over down there, eh? That would be fun, dude. I think 
Yeah, that's that's pretty sweet. It's a big accomplishment, right? It takes a lot of uh, time, effort, study. So it's nice to like let loose after a big, a big win. Yeah, man, it's like. um, it's it's a grind, dude. Like we, so we, the firm usually gives you about two months of time, paid time off, to study for this exam. Um, and the exam itself is over the course of three days. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, it's not like a one and done kind of thing. So you go in, uh, there's, and each day is like a different test or it is a different exam. So day one kind of tests you on your critical thinking and your communication skills. And then day two is when it really gets into like the technical. So day two is a five hour exam um, where they give you one case and you basically have to write your response and i think on most occasions when i was doing like the practice exams and stuff like that i think my case responses were about five anywhere from five to ten pages of, of typing because uh, it's all done on the computer um, Jeez. but it's yeah. yeah multiple answers too Jeez, man that's yeah so it's it's all case-based so basically they give you a scenario so like day one they'll give you a scenario that's like, you know, this business is looking at doing one, two, and three options. And you have to analyze all three options and then oh. present your case for why you think your option that you've selected out of those three is the best. And of okay. course you're under, yeah. So day one is a four hour exam um, that you have to go through and like write this report and write this case. But, you know, the way that they structure it is you got to do like look at it from all sides because that's what CPA wants you to do. They want you to say, all right, um, you know, well, why didn't you look at this side? You got to look at this side and this side and this side. Like you have to take in all the information and then output your response. So you really every uh, angle, all the laws, all the rules, all the policies. Exactly. Man. And, then, and then, you know, after you write the five hour exam on, on day two, you're just, you're fried. Like, you're done and then you got to write day three which is another four hour exam and you got three three smaller like cases that usually range from anywhere from 30 to 90 minutes and then you got to write your response and so the tricky thing for those ones um is you got to make sure that you plan out your time accordingly so like if, if they give you 60 minutes to write this case you literally cannot go to 61 62 minutes because if you do <laughs> Yeah, it's then the other two you're fucked like you're just completely <laughs> fucked <laughs> <laughs> got it but I, it, yeah so i i i was super super nervous when i went in to write my exam um because i mean like this is something that i've been building towards and studying for for basically two and a half years um to get to this point and i remember walking in so we wrote at the <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, the International Center uh, that's right across the street from the airport. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah, so it's fucking massive. Um, yeah. It trades <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So just imagine that entire thing is opened up and there's just nothing but desks and people. So there was easily about 2,000 to 2,500 people in that building writing the same exam. Jeez, eh? Wow. Yeah. So, it's intimidating as hell. Um, but I remember walking in 
and just being in my car and like, you know, getting myself psyched up and like, okay, let's go, <laughs> let's, let's do this. You know, the, uh, you're, you're, are you an office fan at all? I watched a few episodes, but I might not get the joke if you go. But... <sighs> All right. Well, hopefully, hopefully some people are that are listening to this, but you know, when Dwight Schrute goes on a sales call, he blasts uh, Motley Crue to get himself psyched up and it's like <laughs> bouncing around in the backseat of the car and like getting all fired up. But anyways, that was kind of what I was doing before right. I went in nice. to go write this nice. exam. And uh, well, so I got in and you know, you, you got the butterflies going, you're obviously nervous and you're waiting in this line to register to get your wristband um to go then find your seat to sit down and so I remember just kind of taking everything in and there was this woman talking behind me to a friend of hers and I obviously started listening to her conversation and she just started complaining and complaining and complaining <laughs> I can't believe how much they make us memorize and like all not the right attitude to have it all <laughs> we have to know and yeah she just started going on and on and on about how much was going to be covered in this exam and how it wasn't fair and <laughs> that instantly made me feel better because i knew i had her beat i knew i could beat her on this exam because it's <laughs> nice it's graded on like you get your score and then the top x percentage that gets that score passes so it's not like it's not you have to get over this score to pass so oh, okay so there is a bit of competition yeah so usually you have to be within the top i think it's 66 percent or something like that um and then you pass and so i was kind of like okay you know like that's one person that <laughs> one I, down. I, can beat. Yeah, I gotta find one other person that i know <laughs> i can beat and i'm good and so sure enough i'm sitting there and we get shown to our desks and i got super super lucky and I was sitting beside a good friend of mine that I had gone through school with and and done a lot of studying with um so that was really calming for me as well too but they said okay um basically on your marks get set go uh, basically and uh all of a sudden I'm sitting there and I'm starting to type out like some planning notes and I'm reading the case and I just see this blur go like right in front of us and I just looked up and I was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and all of a sudden, all you hear is, and so, oh, no. <laughs> so some poor kid. Wasn't your buddy literally... though. That's good. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't my buddy. So we, some poor kid had literally sprinted from one side of the international center to the other into the bathroom, which just so happened to be like right beside my desk. Oh. and was just yakking in the bathroom and so i just like i felt bad but at the same time in my head it was another there's one the, there's the second person i'm good <laughs> let's go <laughs> there you go man strongest, yeah. strongest survive i guess and uh <laughs> yeah nerves are a part people get nervous all the time based on tests and i can't imagine a big cpa test where you got to study you know three two and a half three years for it you know that'll just rub people the wrong even if they're smart they might not be able to take the nerves i guess right yeah and that's yeah that's that's kind of the thing too like you know this this exam basically dictates your career right like you can't move up in the firms and you can't move forward with your career until you get these letters and so you have to pass this exam and oh. like you like you said like some people are just not good test writers like I know some of the smartest people in our firm had to write two, three times because 
like they just were not good test writers or something went wrong that day that caused them to panic right like it yeah i mean it is hard because you know when you don't pass there's this huge celebration at the firm and everything like everybody takes a half day of work so the results come out at 10 o'clock and the night before uh the tradition is that you usually take the writers out and you get them just buckled so that they don't (laughs) they don't have to worry about like sleeping in or they can get a good night's sleep and stop worrying about what's going to happen um and so you know you you all go to that and you all have these high expectations and then the next day there's inevitably one or two people from your firm or office that don't pass and it's just a terrible feeling because you're there celebrating your accomplishments but you know that one of your close friends didn't pass and the whole firm is there celebrating and like you can very distinctly tell the people that are not there (laughs) so it is it's it's tough man the lonely feeling man yeah for sure i i didn't feel it but hey (laughs) what can you do (laughs) jeez well yeah that's the way it is i guess in that world and i guess you just gotta you just got to buck up a little bit. And I guess like, I imagine like being like having an experience with sports, like all your life probably helped you, I guess, take the test and kind of prepare for like your, you know, cause, cause getting a, doing a test like that seems like performances. You have to perform a little bit. Uh, oh, you got to be ready with your mind. You can't just be, you know, one of those people that spend, you know, all week long perfecting their essay. You have to kind of like do it right then and there. So absolutely i mean it's interesting to see yeah yeah it's just it's you gotta you gotta work like nobody can just walk into that exam and just write it and pass like because you gotta it's not just about knowing the stuff that you're talking about when you respond it's about understanding how the graders mark the exam and writing your responses to cater to that so you gotta like you gotta train you gotta you know, buckle down and really, really study. Like um, when I wrote back in 2017, our baseball team, the Mississauga Twins, uh, actually qualified for nationals, uh, which were out in Victoria, BC. And I could not go because the, yeah, yeah. Which sucks for multiple reasons, which I'll get into in a bit. But, you know, the tournament ran in the last week of August which was about a month before my exam. So could I have gone? Yeah, probably. But I didn't want to take that risk because there was just way too much riding on the exam. And plus the firm was paying for it. And the cost to write the exam is about 1500 bucks. And I really did not want to pay for it the second time. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. So it was a month. Your, your baseball tournament was a month out and you decided not to go. Yeah, yeah. Wow, really, that's dedication, man. I think I, I think I would have gone, but <laughs> yeah, it's, but, it was really yeah. hard to make that decision. But you know, it was, it was kind of one of those things where it was, you know, short-term pain for for long-term game. And yeah, for you know, sure, I, for sure. I, I knew baseball wasn't going to last forever, and you know, I was still able to watch some of the games on on like a live stream that they had set up, which was even worse, to be honest. Because <laughs> you're sitting there watching all your boys just playing ball and you're sitting at home like after studying all day and 
I think I was just screaming at the TV. Like I know Liv was here with me at the time and she had to leave the room when, when I was watching these games. <laughs> I'd just be screaming at the boys and, you know, yeah, cheering like, them on. That's like playoff base, watching playoff baseball, but like times, times two or three. Right. So, Oh yeah. Cause you have that personal connection to everybody that's out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty cool. I actually, <laughs> that tournament, uh, our boy Cardinale was in the home run derby. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. So they actually had Never set up. Yeah. It was kind of a funny story because they had set up the home run derby to be right on like a pier, basically. So they were hitting balls into the ocean. It's like <laughs> That's sweet. It was, it was pretty cool. And like, I was getting a ton of videos in the group chat. So you might have to do a, a follow-up episode with Cardinale to get his insights on the, uh, on the home run derby here. But um, it was kind of funny because you looked at all these like, literal monsters of men that were competing <laughs> in this tournament and for your listeners that know like cardinale is like he's a pretty stocky dude but you know he's not six foot five <laughs> no i think he's about five foot five <laughs> that's and jokes Whoa. yeah and so it's kind of funny to watch him <laughs> little the little shit's got a ton of pop and it just it always makes me laugh so all right. I want to, maybe we can find a picture or maybe we can like screenshot a video. Uh, if we can find a video of that, that yeah, I'll, I love I'll look in the archives and see what I can dig see up what for you. you. Can do for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm picturing, I'm picturing a beautiful, um, kind of like, uh, scene where you, where you're actually hitting home runs into the ocean there. Cause I'm a photographer now and I'm just kind of picturing this beautiful scene and then like this really cool, if you can kind of catch a shot where you can fly your drone maybe up, and you're seeing oh, a yeah. ball kind of go towards you. That'd be so cool. That would be sick. I'm sure you'd be able to capture a few uh, profile pictures for Cardinale. There. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. My um, speaking of Victoria, my friend EK, uh, he used to live out there. And he, he just had a blast. He's actually coming on the show next. So I'm going to ask him about Victoria. And and because uh, I've I've never been there myself, but I've heard some pretty sweet things. Yeah, the uh, the boys that went down there said that I think even Cardinelli said that uh, if he could live there, he 100% would. And okay. It was just like such a beautiful place, but you know, unfortunately, I wasn't there, so <laughs> <laughs> can't really contribute there too much. That's okay. You got your CPA now, so you can afford a trip over yeah. there. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, it sucked, but it was 100% worth it because I am where I am now. So there you go. There you it go. Is what it is. In See, hindsight, good decision, right? Yeah. Hey, sometimes, listeners, you got to make the tough choice. It's That's a mature, responsible decision. So, <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of the few that I've actually made. So, <laughs> That's good, dude. It worked out. It worked out pretty well. So, yeah, buddy. So, actually, I wanted to reminisce with you as well, too, about uh, sure. some less mature uh, decisions that we collectively as a group had made, um, <laughs> specifically referencing uh some porter jams of the past okay okay uh, so these were uh some parties that i would throw um so my dad is also a, a cpa and and every year after tax season he goes down to uh to south carolina and asks me to look after the house for him and obviously being a young kid and having a house to myself i obliged nice and uh we would throw, by the way uh, hold, on, hold on hold on before let's paint the picture a little bit because i think i went to your house once but it was obviously around here like locally and it was a fucking huge house so does your dad <laughs> down there have a big house too 
Uh, no, actually, the the house down there is more of a cottage style vacation one. Um, okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So it's uh, it's a pretty big bungalow, I would say, though. Um, but it's it's pretty. It's bachelor pad enough to fit like twenty attractive girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. We'll, we'll go with that. Give or take. Give or okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, okay, continue. Be, sorry, yeah. sorry for the interruption. <laughs> yeah, twenty twenty two or so. We'll okay. we'll we'll cap it at that. But no. <laughs> Um, so yeah, my dad is in Brampton and it's, it is a, a decent sized house. And, uh, so it's always fun having, having some boys and some, some lady friends <laughs> over. Uh, but, uh, there was always, uh, there was always some shenanigans that would happen every year. There was something that would happen at the party. That would be like a story that we would remember forever. So our friend Paul and I, we're going to throw him completely under the bus. <laughs> okay. Perfect. So our friend Paul had a lady friend guest who he was able to seal the deal with for lack of a better term. <laughs> gotcha. Um, and then in the morning, cause you know, you got the yada 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 part of the story and mm-hmm. you know, we don't need to go over that and we won't mention any names um, but, <laughs> other than Paul's of course, but he came down in the morning and kind of was laughing with me saying, you know, like, I can't find a condom. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? And he goes, yep, yeah, we use condom, can't find it. And I was like, what are you talking about? So apparently this was the year of the case of the mysterious missing condom. And to this date, I mean, maybe no one knows where it is. <laughs> yeah, no one knows where it is. Maybe my parents found it and just decided to not talk about it. I don't know. <laughs> You know what? Um, but, knowing Paul, um, I think that uh, that was an imaginary condom to begin with, and uh, <laughs> there was actually none. That's yeah. my that's my take. But no, that was uh, that was a fun year. There's just been like a bunch of stupidness that's going on at those parties. Like one year, uh, our a former, I guess, a acquaintance, a now former friend of ours, Jeff. Uh, that was the year that Jeff didn't leave. Um, <laughs> he, he showed up for the party, I think on Friday night and he was trying to wheel one of my friends that had come from university and stayed for the weekend. And I'm pretty sure when I got home from work, he was still there on the Monday. <laughs> didn't leave. <laughs> Did he not have anything to, to go back home to or? No, uh... <laughs> he was just, cool or giving... job or just. Yeah, he was just giving her all he had to try and hook up with this girl, and then she just wasn't having it. But <laughs> I give him credit for the effort, I guess. I mean, there's wow. not many guys that would stick it out for three days. <laughs> no, he must have been really uh, hard up to. Uh, stay yeah, around. yeah. So <laughs> or he must wanna... have been like a pretty good tease to get. Actually, you could think of it too that that way too, right? Because. I don't know if it was that or just more him being tone deaf. <laughs> <laughs> probably that. If it was their younger days, then yeah, probably that was the case. So Yeah, I think that was more likely the case. But uh, do you want to throw another friend under the bus and tell some stories? Hmm. Paul, Paul's a good one because he's an easy target. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. so dude, he was actually... So I did first two podcasts with uh, Cards and Patrick. Yeah. And then I did one with Paul. And... It was pretty funny. Um, well, with cards and with Patrick, we talked about like a little bit of politics, a little bit of like sports, a little bit of like social media, that kind of thing. 
And then with Paul's, you know, I call him up and then uh, pretty much right away, we just start talking about shit and pooping <laughs> and literally it just kind of continues and snowballs. And then like, I'm like 20, 25 minutes in, we're still talking about this topic. And then, you know, we kind of got into a few more things after that, but I'm like, I, I don't know if I can publish this, man. This is like going under my name and I don't think he was comfortable with it either. So that's actually just scrapped completely. Um, I want to keep it somewhat professional up here, but uh... <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I, you know, I, I did actually forget that this is going on like Spotify. So probably keep it a little PC in case I ever run for office or anything like that. Don't worry. I'll, uh, I'll use a different name. Or we can, <laughs> if you ever do, let me know. I'll take it down. But, All right. but uh, with Paul, let's see. A lot of the stories are X rated though, you know, to be honest, cause uh, oh, all of them are. When I, that's when what, I, yeah, when I lived in Barry, <laughs> that's what made them the funniest. They're yeah. all just yeah. high drinks. I lived in Barry for four years, man. So in Muskoka, well, in Muskoka for a summer. Muskoka is a whole nother, uh, another beast. But when I was in Barry, like there's not much to do in Barry, but it's, it's, uh, it's different enough than Mississauga because like there's one strip called like Dunlop Street West. Oh yeah, all the bars go, and there's like a big country bar. There's like um, like an EDM kind of club for like college students. There's like a greasy, like a greasy pub called Queens. Um, nice. There's like a bunch of Irish bars and and English English pubs. It's all on one street, so you can easily hit up like two three places all in one one night. And dude, the memories so, like, I have in Barry of partying down there is just just incredible. Yeah, that's. I, I have spent very limited time in Barrie, um, but it is a very nice city. Like it's right on, what is that, Lake Simcoe? Yep. Yeah, like it's it's really nice up there. It's just, you know, for, for us Toronto folk, it's just a little too far away from the city, you know? Yeah, to go, I guess, uh, yeah, people say they, they, stop, they stop in Barrie when they go up to Muskoka. Yeah. Which is kind of yeah, accurate, but it's honestly a really fun place. Like obviously, right now, nowhere in Ontario is really fun to be, but or yeah. the world for that matter. But no, man, it can be. It can be fun. It can be wild. I actually started to write little a little memoir uh, during the COVID because I've been like kind of bored these uh, these days. Off, off, I'm actually off work right now. Oh yeah. So I've been just kind of like trying to work out and trying to like you know do the podcast, trying to be productive and and. Uh, so I started to write some stories, but they just got too wild, man. They got too just not gross, but just like X-rated. Like I don't know if people want to hear this stuff. I think this is just for me and <laughs> just my boys, you know. So and they know a lot of st- and yeah. So yeah, but those no, those guys would come up all the time and, and party. Yeah, no, I could I could see that it it is hard to toe that line between like let's tell hilarious stories and kind of like who wants the one? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can edit it out actually right now, but um, maybe I will go back and edit this one out. But I'm trying to think of a Paul, funny Paul stories. Remember, well, one time, well, yeah, <laughs> I got a funny Will story if you want to hear that one. Oh yeah, for sure, dude. Yeah. All right. So we were in, uh, and as soon as I say where we were, like. The people that were there were going to know exactly what story I'm referencing. So we were in Windsor for <laughs> a baseball tournament. And anyone that's been to Windsor knows that there's two places that you go when you go down there. It's the casino yeah. and the gentlemen's clubs. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
And so we were out walking around. I think we were 18 years old. So not legal drinking age. <laughs> and we were out walking around in downtown Windsor, which back then was okay. Like it's just, when you know, Windsor, Windsor's Windsor. Yeah. I've been there like once, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> you got to be careful when you're down there. <laughs> so we were kind of walking around and this guy with rollerblades came skating up to us and said hey you guys looking for a good time and you know us being 18 year old kids we're just like sure what you got in mind and he said well come on you guys want to go into this club we'll get you in no problem we're like, uh, well, what, what kind of club is it and he said oh it's called uh jason and so we're like all right like let's give oh, it a shot i think so i know where we, this is going <laughs> yeah so we follow this guy uh, who's on rollerblades and he takes us to this club that is a gentleman's club called Jason's and we're all 18 years old and so we walk up the stairs because for some reason I guess this bar was on an upper level and we get to like the door guy and <laughs> the guy on the rollerblades said hey me and my six friends I can't remember how many of us <laughs> there were want to come in and have a drink and the bouncer goes well, how old are you guys? And he goes, oh, you don't need to see ID. They're all 19, right? And he points at each of us and he goes, how old are you? How old are you? How old are you? And we go around the corner, like 19, 19, 19, 19. <laughs> and the bouncer somehow was just like, okay. And uh, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this group of 18-year-old kids, and I mean, like, I'm sure you remember what you were like when you were an 18-year-old kid. You walk into a gentleman's club and you do not act like a normal drinking gentleman. age person. <laughs> <laughs> There's no gentlemanly conduct you you behave like. <laughs> no, not at all. It's more like so, uh, yeah. get in a so, candy shop. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So we were sitting there having a grand old time making a bunch of noise. And so one of the ladies that was dancing was doing her thing and uh, she just like started encouraging us to make some noise. And so we were like, okay. So we started getting really rowdy and the rowdiest of all of us was our good buddy, Will. Oh. <laughs> and so she decided that she was going to thank him for his applause and his, for his support by throwing, <laughs> by throwing him an autographed t-shirt. Oh, and so will took this t-shirt home and i'm pretty sure if you ask him he probably still has it oh his, shoot eh from his wild night as an 18 year old <laughs> that sounds like a familiar story man but i it must have been a, a couple years ago that i heard it at least but now i'm, I'm gonna ask him and i have a feeling he's listening right now because he's always listening he's always supported my um creative endeavors so he he's probably listening right now and he's going to uh confirm or deny that story but yeah i want to i wonder if he has that that t-shirt yeah. he's a he's a sentimental guy you know like i haven't <laughs> i actually was um i haven't been in his house in in years probably but uh, we live on the same street but uh he still rocks like the he he rocked the saint joseph's volleyball like our elementary school was saint joe's like he rocked one of those jerseys when we went camping this summer oh no way so he still has like old school uniforms. He still has like a Michael Bibby jersey when he <laughs> Kings. <laughs> he has like a Ray Allen jersey from like uh, when he when he played on the uh, 
Seattle Supersonics, man. That's hilarious. <laughs> so he doesn't really throw it much. So I, he probably he probably has that. One thing one thing he definitely needs to throw out is that red hockey bucket that he's got with no chin strap and no ear flaps <laughs> that he wears when we go and play shinny and just like, I know that one, yeah. So you go out and you play shinny and like most of the guys are just skating around having a great time. And then if you see Will on the ice and the puck goes in your corner, you just <laughs> protect yourself because he's just gonna hit you, body you, like just work you in the corner. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. I watched you guys play uh, shooting. Were you were you were you there last uh, Christmas? Uh, I can't remember if you were or not. I think, yeah, I think I remember you that you were that you were taking pictures and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, like you were in Streetsville, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So our, our boy, times. yeah, our boy Nick usually sets up some uh, Nicholas some days. J. Yeah, yeah, the legend, the legend, Big Dick Nick. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the reputation yeah. that he has for sure yep <laughs> uh yeah man like he, we just he sets up uh shinny for the boys uh i think he usually does one on family day and then he usually does one around the holidays but that's definitely not happening this year unfortunately no that's too bad and that actually brings me up uh the story of well, I don't want to get too far off topic, but the OHL—they're thinking of going to uh, no body checking oh. this this season. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I <laughs> this this is tough because I mean the people that are making the rules for this because this came from like the Ontario government. This didn't come from the OHL board of directors. Yeah, for it's, sure not. Yeah, because the OHL board of directors have played the game at some level. And it's just absolutely ridiculous that, you know, you can, you think that no body contact is going to stop close contact with individuals. Like, you know, I've played men's league for a bunch of years and, oh, excuse me. Um, and like, there's no body contact in men's league. You even watch uh, the the women's Olympic hockey. Like there's no body contact in women's hockey, but they still get in close contact and there's scrums along the boards and scrums in front of the net. Like it's, Yeah, so it's kind of the same thing, right? Yeah, so it's just... It's like, very it's, similar anyways. And not to mention like, okay, yeah, you limit contact with people on the ice, but then after you have your shift, you're going to go sit on a bench, which was built for you know, 15 people and there's 20 guys on the team. Like, <laughs> right. Like it's just, and then after you're done all of that, you're going to go sit in a rink where you're two inches away from one guy on one side and one guy on the other in the office. Makes stall. no sense. Right. makes no yeah. sense. Like who, who are these officials that are giving these handing down these rules? It makes no sense. Yeah. They're just people that haven't played the game and, and don't, don't understand know. and are using their platform as a political tool. Like that's, I mean, the same can be said for the lockdowns. Like you look at the lockdowns that we're in right now, um, you know, I'm in Durham, so, and you're in Peel. So like, you know, you're in full lockdown out here in Durham or not. Like it was just ridiculous the way that they set up these lockdowns. Like my opinion on the whole thing has always just been, you can't be half pregnant, like either shut down the whole thing or let it just be like the u.s and just let it be a free-for-all like well yeah so that's interesting because like so obviously i'm in peel we're in we're we're in lockdown and last weekend we just went to Alora, 
because we just drove, took our car and went went there because that that uh, area is is not in lockdown and they have a lot less restrictions. Yeah. I think Waterloo does Kitchener, but not not Alora. So we went there. We had a we had a little hike, but we also went into the went into town and went to a few shops and you know did our thing and sat down inside restaurants and and ate and drank. Yeah. So I mean, like that's what people are doing. They're just going out of the city. And tomorrow, like I said, like I'm going to rent a car and we're just going to go somewhere. I don't know where, but so. Yeah. Well, come on out to uh, come on out to Durham, buddy. We, <laughs> we everything's open out here. Yeah, out east. So Durham's uh, out east, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. So Pickering, Pickering, Pickering area, to yeah. Oxbridge and down to Oshawa. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so my my childhood home, my hometown of Pickering, it's uh right, it's, right, right. It's, it's a different place, that's for sure. But how far away are you from uh, Clarington? Uh so Clarington, Clarington is like north of Oshawa. Yeah. So it's like the same distance, probably about thirty to forty minutes away. Okay. Cool. Cool. Remember, I was talking to a midget on Bumble. <laughs> and we were, and she was from Clarington. We were talking, we were talking for a while. And honestly, it was, she was pretty, pretty attractive, you know, considering and <laughs> it got, it got, you know, we were going back and forth for a while and then it just, it just fizzled out, but uh, no story there, but almost wow. took, almost pulled the trigger on that one though. That's uh that would be a long commute from Streetsville to, uh, to Clarington, buddy. Yeah, dude. Well, you know, you got to. When love hey, and yeah. uh, Cupid uh, strikes its strikes his bow, you know you gotta. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a married man, so I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't know what you're talking about. All these, uh, all these apps, you know. I, I was, I was married and in a long-term relationship well before any of them were created. So I am completely out to lunch on any of these, but I have played for friends, so I do know how they operate. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well. I'm in a, I'm in a relationship now for the last two years and uh, I'm actually, I'm actually pretty thankful I'm off that, that stuff, those apps, because they just got really annoying after a while. And I think after a while you do kind of want to settle down, you know, a little bit yeah. and have something serious. So yeah, yeah no, it's, it's mean, fun for a while, early twenties, mid twenties. I think it's a great, I think the app, the dating apps are actually like an amazing invention because it's so easy just to kind of like, like hook up with uh, a girl and then just like go on a date or take her out or see her around town or whatever. Like it's, it's makes things so easy, but yeah. I mean, I, I know a couple people that um, are or not a couple people, a couple that are getting married this year that met on Tinder. So like, it's, Here you go. You know, yeah. I've heard, this is like my extent of knowledge of relationships, <laughs> but you know, it is it, that start on like these, dating apps but i remember growing up like the big thing was plenty of fish uh and like <laughs> some of the other websites where you had to create like a full profile on a website like it wasn't a phone app yeah it was the website thing yeah i looked into that and it was it was too much like well that was i think i started the apps around 2015 so I think Plenty of Fish was kind of fading out and then Tinder was kind of, that's when Tinder kind of became more of an app. But yeah. but dude, like, so I actually filled out one of my friend's profiles in Barry, took all of his photos for him, uh, wrote the description and uh, even was swiping for him a little bit. <laughs> and yeah, he was, he matched with this girl, these two girls, and he couldn't decide which one he wanted to match, to like go on a date with, whatever. And I'm like, dude, invite this girl out 
and I know I know it'll work out for you. Like, trust me. So she so he did. We went out. We actually kind of went. It was like a group date. It was kind of weird. Like we went to the bar and then she just kind of came. And that's the night that they met. We had a great night and they were engaged like three months later. <laughs> so it's awesome. That shit works, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hey, I mean, look, like it's life, I feel like is a lot more fast paced than what it used to be when we grew up. And, you know, there's, it is hard to, like, it, it takes a lot to go up to someone in a bar or, you know, when you're out and about in a grocery store or at a gym or whatever, and like put yourself out there and be like, hey, you're attractive i'm attracted to you let's (laughs) see where this goes and so you know i just i think about being in university and you know i hadn't i had my fun when i was in university but you know having like bumble and tinder and what have you when i was in university it would have been i don't know if it would have been just ridiculously easier or if it just would have been like different like it would have been the same but just yeah different you know with the university you have like there's lots of girls that you kind of just end up meeting because of school and things and parties on campus and parties are close by right so yeah and man like i think about covid and how it's impacting everybody but god i feel so bad for like you like people that are going into first year that are expecting like all these parties and even people that are not in first year but are in like third and fourth year that know what they're missing like that's got to be just such a buzzkill man oh yeah no no 100 that's the worst like for me like i've kind of like i said had my fun kind of like you a little bit committed committed now like i haven't really lost much this year but yeah like if i lost a year of partying or fun or like girls or parties or enjoyment like that would be such a bummer oh yeah even um sorry go ahead no no i was just gonna say like even in like like what I'm doing for my job like my wife and I live have both been working from home since March essentially um and it's just it's wild how you hop on a call with someone that you don't necessarily know all that well like a client for example like I do a lot of client calls and and we discuss like all the different things that there are to discuss and audit and like you just wind up talking with this individual that you have never met (laughs) about like random life shit because you're starved for social connection. So (laughs) are they. And they are just so excited to talk to someone that isn't their significant other or their pet. (laughs) Yeah. A hundred percent. It's wild, man. (laughs) So that's what happened with, um, uh, with me in the beginning of COVID. Cause I think it's so like lockdown came around or quarantine, whatever you want to call it around mid-March or so, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I, I'm, I'm, I'm into plumbing right now. So we were actually just, and I was working in condo buildings and that kind of thing. So we kind of were off work. And then for a good month and a, a month and a half, like it was just like, we took this very seriously. It was just me, my girlfriend, her friend was living with, with us at the time too. And, um, you know, and that was it for like a month and a half. And then I remember William came over to our house and I'm like, dude, come over. And uh, I have a bottle of Pink Whitney, actually. Oh. <laughs> was, you heard about that that drink? Oh, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah That's pretty. <laughs> yeah, I'm an avid Spit and Chicklets listener, I nice. will admit. Yeah, I enjoy listening to those guys talk yeah. stories and getting uh, getting the 
the NHL players on there to tell stories. It's pretty entertaining. Yeah, it's hilarious. Those old school guys got some some good stories. Oh man, same with Biz. He's he's pretty jokes. Yeah, Whitney's yeah. Whitney's good too. Like Ryan Ryan Whitney, I think his name. Is. Yeah, 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 yeah he's Whitney. he's yeah. solid too. He's a jokester. I didn't really know him when he yeah. played, but. Yeah. But anyhow, like when he came over to our house, like, dude, it was like, wow, don't ever leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because we were having a great time. And then I think we, I think like till five in the morning, like we were just drinking, sipping this pink Whitney and we emptied up the, uh, the cupboards there. And it was, it was a good, it was a good night, man. It was yeah. much, much needed night. Like it was overdue and it was just, it was weird. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's tough, man. Like I, I'm a big golfer, always have been. And, you know, this year I stopped playing ball. Um, like COVID aside, I was planning on not playing this year. So it kind of actually worked out really well. But um, I played just a ton of golf this year. Um, there you go. Mainly, nice. mainly because it was one of the few things that you could actually do with buddies that was allowed, right? Like it was not only did it allow you that social connection with other people, but it also just gave you something different to do. So I, you know, our firm made some cutbacks. And so everybody, basically everybody at the firm took like a 20% cut in both hours and pay. So we went down to four days a week. And, you know, at first, excuse me, um, at first I was kind of bummed about that because obviously nobody likes to give out money. Yeah. But, you know, it also gave me a dedicated day to go play golf. So there you go. I, nice. Yeah. I had every Wednesday. And I got absolutely pumped for like <laughs> Wednesdays because I could go play golf with a buddy or, you know, a family member or something. And it was just a change of pace and being able to get out of the house and talk to somebody that wasn't my wife. Like I, I love live to the moon and back and she's just an incredible human being and, you know, she's great and everything, but God, you know, yeah, being, <laughs> well, I know. What you yeah. Mean. <laughs> yeah. You just, being in the same area and confined space with anyone, regardless of who it is, you're going to have your disagreements. Right. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's stupid little things, but it's nice to get that break because, you know, people are not meant to be quarantined with nah. other people and spend every waking moment of every day with. Nah, nah. doesn't work. doesn't work. You need a need a social outlet, like people around you. Yeah, for sure, man. No matter no matter who it is, even if it's just like, you know, yeah, it doesn't matter what girl or even guy for that matter it is. Like there's no one that can kind of you you need some novelty in your life to Absolutely. Sort of keep it yeah. keep it keep it alive, keep it going. So Yeah. Unless you're like two people that are the absolute mirror image of each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way that you know there's not gonna be conflict shit man uh, for me i need a break i don't know if there's a person on earth that i could be locked up with 24 hours a day like i yeah so i i went out yeah i mean after a while we got people in, over to the house and we had like little 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 get-togethers and we went you know driving around but um yeah my birthday party when i was 30 i turned i turned 30 on uh, april 17th oh nice i so, also turned 30 during quarantine yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing special right like <laughs> no no just had a nice dinner with uh with live and that was uh that was about it yeah dude we actually like my <laughs> girlfriend she we had a pretty nice little birthday like she got the pinata out for me and we had 
Krispy Kreme donuts lined up and uh, we played some Catan at night and drank a bottle of Pink Whitney and that was kind of it, man. <laughs> Are you, you're a big Settlers of Catan guy? Oh, buddy, this, I've gotten into it since the quarantine i've been going six months straight pretty much once a week oh. maybe. yeah <laughs> so are you playing online i actually so i had some time off and i got into the online i played a couple of games but uh i prefer i prefer in person but i don't know how about you uh yeah like we i mean it's kind of tough when with only two people to play but i've been playing a bunch online just with like robots and stuff it's kind of a mental break from work yeah um, yeah but yeah, that's such a great game. And so we got to set up an online, uh, for sure. Man. Yeah. Call this game, get it going okay. and yeah, we'll fire it up. That'd be a good time. Yeah. 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 You can get the boys. I know. I know. I think cards plays. Yeah. I'm not for, for Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, we can get some, some people in. Yeah. Sure. We actually had a situation at our, at our little, so, so me and my girlfriend play and her and her best friend plays with us. And we had, um, and, and she had a boyfriend. Um, she broke up with the boyfriend right before quarantine. So we did play four, four to a game, which was nice. kind of nice. And now we just play three. You there? Yeah, yes. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'm just, I'm letting you tell the story. You're listening. Okay, okay. <laughs> Don't want to interrupt you. Okay, doesn't, okay. Doesn't make for a good podcast there. <laughs> <laughs> I know, even people interrupt all the time. Fuck. I know I've been doing that a lot. So um. no, man, you've been good. Like, no, 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 no you've been good. But uh, yeah, it was nice when it was four because four adds a different layer of complexity to the game. When you build yeah. your longest road, you can get swiped. Yeah. Oh man. My girlfriend swiped me the, the other day when she, I was building my road and she just kind of broke my, she broke my longest road like oh. in, in half. I don't know if you ever had that happen to you. Oh yeah. It's oh, just yeah. like, Oh, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's when it yeah. happens to you, it's an <laughs> ultimate, like, damn it. And then when you do it to someone else, it's the ultimate <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> yeah. It's like euphoria, man. It's like, Oh my God. Know. That and um, the, the monopoly card just ends friendships and relationships. Oh, the Monopoly card when you when you take all their yeah. like their rocks or for example like one resource yeah. and you take all their yeah. rocks for example yeah 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 it's like it's come on I was about to build my city <laughs> yeah we uh, so Liv and I actually wound up in a fairly heated discussion <laughs> because of the Monopoly card and it was really funny so <laughs> I was I was holding the Monopoly card um, and so I was going around the table being like. I could see, like, you can see the piles of resource cards when you're playing the game, right? Like, you can tell what is out there and who has a lot of what. Yeah. And so I was sitting there and being like, okay, I can see that the, the sheep pile is pretty low. And yeah. I was like, all right. So, hey, you know, so-and-so, do you have any sheep? And they're like, uh, yeah, I got, I got one or two. I go around the table and Liv goes, oh, yeah, I have a lot. And I was like, like a lot a lot she goes yeah i got quite a few and oh. here it comes in the monopoly oh, card. You drop it, eh? drop <laughs> yeah, the hammer <laughs> perfect can i have them all and <laughs> i don't think she definitely did not trade with me for the rest of the game yeah um, that's for sure gonna happen <laughs> probably the I next game too yeah <laughs> oh my god and i don't think she talked to me the entire way home like it was <laughs> It was a very icy car ride home. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I've I've had I've had an, an episode or two myself. 
for sure man um i'm trying to think so actually what's funny so i was playing with uh my girlfriend and her friend my friend too and um the other day and what happened was she i was it was kind of nearing the end like i had probably like eight eight points or so Mm. and i got her to trade with me and before she makes the trade she's like you're not gonna win right this turn and i'm like (laughs) no no i'm not gonna win and then (laughs) make the trade and then i just i'm like as soon as she hands me the card i'm like yep i win so there's my 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 city or whatever and then i win and then she's like you you just told me you weren't gonna (laughs) win or something like that and i'm like hey like it's the game like i tricked you sorry (laughs) (laughs) it's uh yeah it's settlers of Catan. if anybody's out there and looking for a game to get into like it is such a great party game and (laughs) if you want to clear out some friendships in your life (laughs) you know you might not need down the road that is that is the game to do it for sure yeah, dude, it is. And I was listening to um, uh, Connor Carrick's podcast, Former Leaf. Oh, yeah. And he he said that he used to play with, like, Marner and Zach Hyman and all those guys and their girlfriends and everything. So it used to be a big game with the Leafs. That'd be, that'd be fun to be a fly on the wall for, uh, for those teams. Because <laughs> I know just from, like, some videos and stuff that they put out, like Marner and, and um, Matt Martin were, uh, were kind of, like, little brother, big brother kind of relationship. So seeing them bicker back and forth would be pretty funny yeah 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 that would have been fun yeah matt martins i guess he's on the islanders now and yeah and sad to see still yeah he was a yeah. good he was okay player he was yeah he was decent hey he's just he was exactly what you expected out of a fourth line <laughs> guy right like, yeah he wasn't gonna put up points but yeah he was one of those guys that when he scored it was a big deal because all the boys loved him so <laughs> you know it was kind of fun yeah. but yeah i i miss those guys like I mean, I grew up in when, like, I guess when you can really figure out kind of what's going on in hockey in the early 2000s with, you know, the Leaf teams then. And, I mean, they did not have the most talented teams at all. But you just looked up and down that lineup and you were like, okay, we're going to get the shit kicked out of us one way or another tonight. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, even you look at a guy like Matt Sundin, who is – in my opinion, one of the greatest Leafs of all time. And oh, yeah. he was, he was a monster. Like <laughs> he was not afraid to go down into the dirty areas and he would just like, he was huge and he, you just could not move him off the puck. And then, and he was their leading scorer. And then you see guys like, you know, Wendell Clark would pot 50 and beat Fuck beat the shit out of 50 guys like, <laughs> yeah he know? was a hockey player like through and oh. through like yeah actually did you ever see that documentary um i forget what it was called but it was about the quote unquote toughest softball team ever to be assembled or something like that so it was uh clark and tony twist <laughs> and a couple other like fairly big name their names are escaping me right now but fairly big name like nhl tough guys and they all would go back to this one area of saskatchewan and they would play slow pitch in the summer and it was just all these guys and they would get in dust-ups with other teams (laughs) playing that's nuts yeah and can you imagine like you know i played softball or slow pitch one year just as a joke and i could not imagine 
me myself just as I am playing against like those guys <laughs> and being like, yes, this is a good idea to go those guys. <laughs> I feel like in Saskatchewan, everything is just different. Like you just grew up in a in a different like you grew up on a farm, probably, right? So yeah. You're just growing up to be, you know, working hard in the fields. You're probably strong as an ox because you've been lifting, you know, been doing farm activities your whole life. You're just, you know, probably jacked and, you know, you're oh, from yeah. the country and you, you're like all these big NHL players are playing in our league. Oh, yeah, we're going to show them. <laughs> and I'm sure you farm, farm oh, boy strong, it, right? And back, yeah, exactly. Farm strong. Back in the day, those guys used to drink a lot. Like nowadays, the players don't drink because they know it harms their their ability to like you know play but back then they didn't give a shit right so they drank a lot and i'm sure you just get you get liquored up you play in a softball league just for fun and then oh yeah someone says something and then like those guys back then they used to chirp a lot and just like the the nhl and like up until up until the yeah like the early 2000s really like hockey was a really tough sport to play oh yeah um a really good book actually that I read was uh, Sean Avery's uh, biography. Um, I think it was called uh, my life offside. Or oh yeah. 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 Something along those lines. And he, so he came into the league playing for the Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. Yep. And so he was telling stories about playing with like Draper and Maltby and Iserman and Lindstrom and like all those guys. And, and yeah. Man, to be a rookie on that team would have just been ridiculous. Yeah, and the, he he was on a good team. Like they were, it was them, the Avalanche, the Devils, like every year, right? So oh, those late nineties battles between the Avalanche <laughs> and, the, and the Red Wings, when like Patrick Wall would fight Chris Osgood. Yeah, amazing, oh, amazing. Like you want to talk about entertainment value? Like that right there, that series. Like every game, there was a line brawl. Yeah, and it was just it was wild man i i loved those series and i love that old school hockey like that's just how i grew up and that's what i grew up with so you know that's what i love but you know hearing sean avery tell stories about yeah the boys going out drinking and you know doing stupid shit so that they could go out drinking was hilarious like i think one of the most famous brett hall stories excuse me, was when they were, I think it was Brett Hall was still with St. Louis and they went into LA and there was a tie game late in the period and Brett Hall went out late in the third period. Brett Hall went out on a power play and was skating around, skating around, skating around, wasn't really getting an opportunity and the coach called him over for a line change and he just skates by the bench and goes, no, I'm not coming off. (laughs) And so he's out there for like the full two minute power play. Wound up ripping a clapper bar down or something ridiculous like that <laughs> and wins the game. And he comes back <laughs> to the bench and he turns around and he goes to the coach and he goes, overtime in LA? Are you fucking kidding me? We got a reservation. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, those those old school boys, they uh, they got some wild stories, man. I actually just bought James Duffy's book, uh, Beauties. And oh, so yeah. I'm looking forward to getting into that because I know he touches on uh, some of the old school stories. And man, honestly, I could listen to Brett Hall stories for days like that guy. I read just... one when I was a kid about it was I think it was Dennis Hall or it was, it was called the third best Hall. Okay, yeah. like the third brother. And he had amazing stories. 
of yeah. him and his brother and his his two brothers actually who were a lot better than him. He was actually pretty good too, but and he was from like the St. Catharines. They he well he played St. Catharines Niagara area, I think. Oh yeah? Too. Yeah. Oh nice. Dennis Hall, I believe his name is. Yeah, no, those uh those Holly stories get me all the time, man. That guy was an absolute character. His his dad was no what yeah, I think his dad played for like the Jets, right? He was like that really Yeah, yeah, the golden jet or what was his dad's name bobby hall bobby, bobby hall. hall he was an old school fella if you wikipedia oh, yeah. him, he's got some scandals back in the day but um yeah also another large character of the game <laughs> <laughs> yeah shit damn yeah. interesting oh, well, one one day we'll be telling our grandkids about uh you know austin matthews and mitch marner and <laughs> all those guys and how great they were hopefully reminisce about a Stanley cup parade where the city shuts down for five days. Oh, there's nothing that would stop me from going down. Like we talked about it before when the Raptors won, there's a big parade and everything and you kind of couldn't really make it there. If I had to, I'd walk, I'd walk there and I would just, you know, party. Cause you'd you'd probably have to, because the entire city would. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, the, the way I imagine a, a leaf Stanley cup parade is take what the Raptors did and multiply it by five and yeah seriously seriously yeah it would be awesome but one can hope one can dream (laughs) well i think they got to do it in this generation with um with matthews Tavares, and marner and yeah morgan riley and i don't know like they don't do it the next three years really well we'll see if matthew signs afterwards but yeah years and then we got to find new players really yeah i mean it's it's crazy how short teams windows are in today's NHL. Like, you know, guys are considered veterans and past their prime before they hit 30 and they're out of the league. Like it's for real. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Like you Same remember with soccer too. Yeah. All sports yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's long gone are the days where, you know, a guy would get a huge contract at the age of like, 30 to 35 and you know guys would stick around and play until they were 40 like I remember you know you look at that Red Wing team that went to 27 straight playoffs or whatever it was like Lindstrom played till he was 40 something like basically the whole team at one point was over 35 (laughs) (laughs) yeah they were all like destined to be in the Hall of Fame and they were still just like stacked and yeah 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 no it was Yeah, the game is changing, but yeah, it's. Just, I love how fast it is. I love the skill of the guys now. It's it's really fun to watch. I also love the fact that you can watch an NHL game in like two and a half hours, and you're in and out of there. Yeah, it's quick, right? Yeah, I love yeah. it. Like seven to nine thirty, really, most of the time. Yeah, it's it's great for Saturday nights, like perfect pregame length. Uh, oh yeah, and then off you go, but. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I'm sure you remember like back in the day when there was no, when they had like the two line pass and then if guys got in trouble in their own zone, they would just flip it out over the boards and like the game would legitimately drag on for like three and a half, four hours just because of like the stop time. So I'm glad they fixed that. And yeah, like I said, like personally, in my opinion, hockey, the best product out of the best, big four sport. It's, it's, yeah, no, it's a great. Uh, sport to watch live and in uh on tv and the playoffs are always great and plus they got like a they got the vegas golden knights that are pretty exciting and i'm always pulling for them they're my team they're my second team actually behind the behind the leafs because 
Oh, I would love yeah. to see them win against the Capitals that year. But yeah, they got yeah. some exciting teams and players. I think they got to do a better job of branding, marketing, that kind of thing. But 100%. yeah, whatever. 100%. Yeah, my uh, yeah. That, so the Vegas team. So my goal in life is to see the Leafs play in all, well, I guess, soon to be 31 arenas around the NHL. Sweet. Um, and yeah, that's that's a bucket list trip, man. Doing the so they whenever they go to Vegas, they always mix in like Colorado and or Arizona and or one of the California teams. Mm-hmm. So being able to follow them for like that week where they play. Colorado, Arizona, Vegas, and then maybe one of the California teams or the California trip where they play all the California teams. Like that'd be amazing. Yeah. What is it? LA, San Jose, and then I guess Anaheim. Anaheim. Yeah. Yeah. That would be that'd sweet be- to watch. That'd be fun to do too. Yeah. Cause well, I know uh, uh, Nick, Nicholas J. Panza did that with, uh, well, they didn't do that, but they did the P, uh, sorry, that, that famous highway on the West Coast road oh, trip yeah. with, with Willie. Really yeah, 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 looked amazing to San Francisco. Yeah. They went and yeah, they had a great time there. Like, I would love to go to the West Coast of the States. Like beautiful weather, you know, hockey. Oh, Vegas would be so cool though. I was watching a documentary on them last night, like their first year. Yeah, and it was just it was just intense, man. It was so intense because obviously there was the shooting there that happened just before, and then um, yeah, that was wild. England was like a native player there, and he gave that rousing speech and. People were in tears. Like this documentary was really, really good because it had like video footage of, you know, uh, from day one. So yeah, it was so cool to watch. Yeah. I mean, like they were playing motivated hockey for sure. Like with the shooting and everything, but so close. Yeah. I mean, you also got to give, I think the GM at the time was George McPhee. Like you got to give him a lot of credit, like, you know, with the expansion draft, like he did a terrific job of, of drafting players. Like, to be able to get Mark andre Fleury to be your cornerstone yeah. goalie, like what a steal that was and turned out to be one of the best picks. But, you know, you, he just like, he just wrecked so many teams in that <laughs> expansion draft, like just <laughs> bent them over a barrel. And it was ridiculous. Like he absolutely ended Florida's like run to success. Like yeah, Florida cause... had a really, really good team and they were worried about, George McPhee taking somebody, I can't remember who it was. And they were basically like, all right, we'll give you uh March or so, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So they gave him March or so and they gave him one other player as well, too. Um, and his name's escaping me right now, plus a draft pick <laughs> to like not take this other guy. Like they basically gifted them his first line. Like his yeah. entire first line basically came from Florida. It's wild because Mark so was actually he was like a thirty goal scorer or something like that or like a twenty five yeah. goal scorer. I think he was playing with Barkov or whatever, but but still, and uh, they had some surprising guys like um, Carlson on the Blue Jackets. Just like, but they were saying in the interview in the interview in the documentary, they're like, "Yeah, we just got we're the ones that no one wanted. Our teams didn't want us, so we had something to prove." Yeah. So just that fact alone, like, must have given them motivation to train and play. And so, no, it's a pretty cool yeah. story. Yeah, no, it was. I, I mean, I, I had a feeling that they weren't going to be terrible. I don't, I never really understood the whole like these guys are going to be garbage kind of thing because, you know, like you look at like all the guys that were right on the cusp of making the NHL and then they were also able to take like 
a couple of top prospects as well too <laughs> and gave them a shot like they got Shea Theodore from Anaheim I believe which was an absolute steal and then Nate Schmidt from Washington who was a stud as well too like I remember in the playoffs when the Leafs were playing the Caps I remember watching this guy fly around the ice and I was like who is this kid and it was Nate Schmidt and this guy was so fast and he was just flying up and down the ice and then when Vegas drafted him I was like man that guy's probably gonna be a pretty good player yeah and and like it seemed like a lot of their picks turned out and just crazy story when I think about it because like they're an expansion team came up yeah they were, everyone picked them last everyone did yeah so yeah, it, was, it was pretty cool and like good on them for doing what they did but it's also kind of frustrating as a Leaf fan <laughs> <laughs> to watch this team come into the league and just go straight to the Stanley Cup finals and it's kind of like the Leafs know. yeah that's a whole other podcast but uh, I think they've just <laughs> they've basically mismanaged every single possible thing they could and even to the yeah. Tavares signing I think it's a bad one but yeah, Whatever. The, uh, yeah. Whenever you're having a, a bad day, and like I know I've said this a couple of times, Cardinale, you just you play the game. That's the like Bru- the Bruins. No, 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 no. <laughs> so that's another story. But uh, no, it's it's. Let's see who the Leafs drafted instead oh. of this player. <laughs> it's yeah. a terrible game to play. Like you go back into those drafts in the early 2000s and like mid 2000s when all those big names like the 2006 draft when everybody that's everybody came out of it. Right. And like, I don't even think the Leafs had a first round pick in that draft. <laughs> and it's just, it's so bad. Like they just, they traded everybody for everybody. And you know, the infamous Tuka Rask for Andrew Raycroft deal. Oh, that yeah. It's just, you know, so, and then you see like on the Boston media, all these fans are just bashing Tuka Rask. <laughs> and it's like yeah well you know we'll take him back <laughs> <laughs> well he's probably going to go in the hall of fame i think at this point right he's got two cups yeah at least maybe yeah i think no maybe two he beat the vancouver canucks and they i think they won and then they came to, to the final last year against the blues i think so yeah no he's, he's been perennial star you know like man yeah, no, he'll probably wind up being a Hall of Famer. And Andrew Raycroft is now back with Boston, I think, doing play-by-play for them. So <laughs> that, that trade worked out real well. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But, well, yeah. They, they got uh, – I think they picked Marner third, which is a pretty good pick. Yeah. Yeah, that was – I mean, like, that's the thing. After – over the last, I think, Willie – no, Morgan Riley's draft was when it kind of started to turn around a little bit. Um, getting Riley and then the last couple have been decent. Yeah. I feel like Morgan Riley was a good pick, I think. And uh, actually Morgan Riley was a really, really good pick by uh, Brian Burke. Yeah. Kadri was was good too. I think. Did, uh, did Berkey draft Kadri? Yep. Okay. Yeah. No, (laughs) except for the, uh, uh, Tyler Biggs pick. (laughs) 25th, right. It was like, it was nothing. He was nothing. He became just a, he was a zero. Yeah. Yeah, but other than that, like I think Berkey did a pretty good job at drafting. And he got Kessel to play for us for a couple of years. That was isn't that was entertaining and uh, good <laughs> yeah. play. <laughs> yeah, that, that contrast still on the Leafs books for another I think two years, like one point two million in retained salary to get him. Wow, get him that's out a, of here. 
Well, Babcock's still getting paid eight point five million for the next two, I think. Yeah. Whatever or so. And yeah. just incredible how much money they just throw away. They just oh, really yeah. don't care. That's the problem, man. Like teams like, you know, the A's in the MLB, like they have to be scrappy and crunch numbers and, and do that. But the Leafs just in the Yankees, they can just spend and pay the tax, whatever. But yep. the Leafs just yeah, the same kind of situation because they have so much money, they can they don't have to be so selective, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's kind of, you know, it's the business of sports, right? You got your rich teams and your your poor teams and every, I mean, you look at Tampa Bay making it to the World Series this year, like their payroll, their total payroll was less than like two guys on the Dodgers. <laughs> and so, wow. like, you, yeah, you just, you find a way to make it work, right? And uh, I remember the Marlins, they, they've won at least one maybe two rings and they've always had like the lowest budget and uh, yep. they just draft well and develop the players and that's a smart way to do it. But yeah. And then trade them away for a bunch of And then of just give up picks. after they win. They just, <laughs> just sell the team. Yeah. Start <laughs> the process all over again. Oh man. All right, dude. Yeah. Well, dude, it's seven o'clock. You probably got to go. You probably oh, got to your wife, have dinner or whatever. Did we, did we break the record? possibly i don't i don't know the time because the zoom doesn't give me the time but i think we probably started a little after five so i think it's close it's close (laughs) that was good man thanks for coming on yeah no problem thanks for having me man this was uh, a lot of fun and uh fuck yeah two hours just flew by dude that was uh that was fun it really did dude i actually had a little bit of pink whitney left in my my bottle there finished it Nice. And I actually cracked open a little bit of Wayne Gretzky number 99 uh, whiskey. Ooh, some red nice. cask. So. Yeah. Well, I polished off a blonde ale from the Second Wedge Brewing Company in Uxbridge. Nice. So, supporting local, you know? Nah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Good. Good. All right, All buddy. Right, it was a treat for you to come on. Thanks a lot for coming on, man. It was actually a really good conversation. So. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, give me a call if you want to do this again. That was a lot of fun. For sure. By the way, do you have Instagram or no? No, nah, I'm not on. You like cards, right? Instagram. Yeah, I didn't oh, think so. Okay. Dude, literally the exact same situation. <laughs> <laughs> not interested. Just yeah. want to be tempted with. Yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, but I am on Twitter. So let me know when you uh, want me to send out the hashtag and uh, all my six followers can uh, <laughs> check out the podcast. Wonderful. <laughs> Keeping it small and local for now. Okay, cool, man. Uh, Thanks for coming (laughs) on, dude. Yeah, anytime, man. I'll talk to you soon. For sure, dude. All right, man. Take care.